After I was born again in 1975, my best friend said to me, Joni, you have to go to church. I said, I do. So I did. This is a report of going to church between 1975 through 1982. First, I went to a church called Believer's Chapel. They probably had about 150 members in 1975. This is in Dallas, Texas. They were a non-denominational church, which was in doctrine somewhere between Church of Christ and Baptist. They were extremely proud of their church and their pastors they were especially proud of because they were professors at Dallas Theological Seminary. When I began attending in 1975, their main pastor was conducting a seminar on the subject of speaking in tongues and the essence of his doctrine was Tongues are of the devil. I don't believe I'd ever heard of a tongue, but I attended the seminar anyway. And one day I was riding along and I had stopped at something and taken a New Testament Bible out of my purse and was waiting on someone, so I began reading the Bible. And I got to 1 Corinthians 14.39. Paul said, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. We were being taught that tongues were of the devil. And Paul is saying in the Bible, forbid not to speak with tongues. I had to choose between the church I was attending and the Bible. You couldn't do both. Even as a new Christian, I hadn't been a Christian very long when this happened. It was clear to me, you choose the Bible and don't go back to that church where they are teaching things that are against the Bible. My best friend who attended that church, one day we were riding along the road, she was driving, and I said, oh, by the way, Donna, did you know that Paul said forbid not to speak with tongues? She just stopped the car, and, and we got over at the side of the road and stopped the car and said, let me see that. So I took out that little Bible that I carried in my purse and turned to this and let her read it, and she said, that is what he says. She said, well, let's go to my house and we will look this up in all the translations of the Bible that I have, which was about six or seven translations. I know she had the NASB. I know she had the NIV. We looked this up in the different translations of the Bible and every one of the translations said the same thing. Forbid not to speak with tongues. Not only were they forbidding it at the church we'd been attending, but they were teaching it was of the devil. I said, well, I'm not going to go back to that church. And she said, well, I'm not going to go back there either. So this was my first encounter with the subject of churches that teach doctrine that are opposite from the Bible.
The Apostle Paul defines that for us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It is called a falling away. Verse 3, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, the day of the Lord shall not come, the return of Jesus shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In 1982, I was reading this section of scripture, and God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scriptures. So I never went back to Believer's Chapel. I was at that time attending a neighborhood prayer group. And at this time, I encountered the subject of speaking in tongues. Up till now, I'd never heard anyone speak in a tongue. I'd never been around this. We met in the home of a woman who lived in our neighborhood, which was Highland Park in the middle of Dallas. This is a very upscale neighborhood. Now, I just had an apartment in that neighborhood. But this woman lived in Highland Park. The prayer group met at her house. The women were very highly educated who attended this group. One was a doctor's wife. I myself, I owned a business at that time and had an earned doctorate and had taught at SMU in the field of music. Everything seemed very respectable in this prayer group. One day, five of us had gathered to pray for people, and one woman mentioned a problem that someone was having and said we should pray for her. So we all bowed our heads and silently sat there until someone was going to pray. But I heard something. It was sort of an undercurrent of sound, and I didn't know what it was. And then I realized these women were praying in tongues. And what they would do is they would pray in tongues, and then someone would pray in English. This is my first exposure to actually seeing and, ex and being in a group where anyone prayed in tongues, and I was terrified because of the teaching at Believer's Chapel. I got away from those women just as fast as it was appropriate to leave the house. I wanted nothing to do with them again. One woman followed me out of the house and said, Joan, don't let this bother you. I said, no, of course not. But I was responding as I was trying to flee these people. I didn't want to be around them ever again. And that was because of the teaching that had been done at Believer's Chapel. Even though I knew the teaching was opposite to the Bible, it was still greatly affecting me in my decisions. Now, during that same period of time, I began having what 
the church called satanic attacks, where the devil would attack me with negative thoughts, and I would become depressed. There were times that I would go home and just get in bed and hold on to the bed and say, Praise God, thank you for my salvation. Praise God, thank you for my salvation. Over and over and over. And then I would relax and fall asleep. And the attack ended. I had told these women that worked for me at my business, I had a small business and three women worked for me, and I had told them about the tongues at the prayer group, and I said, now I don't want anything else to do with this prayer group. But when I would be attacked so severely with these thoughts, this one woman, unknown to me at the time, would call somebody in that prayer group and have them pray for me, and I would get better. This went on for weeks. Somebody mentioned that the attacks were being caused by the emblems on the art objects at my shop, Indian shop. American Indian. I was going to get rid of all the art objects. I would have destroyed all of the art objects. But my bookkeeper's husband was a preacher. And he said, Joan, those art objects cannot be causing these attacks. For you're not worshiping these symbols. And you're attributing no power to them and seeking no power from them. And you're going to church and your power is coming from God. Well, I just knew nothing at that point in time. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't know the things I know today. I didn't know how to fight against these negative thoughts. But he assured me it couldn't be coming from the art objects. One day, God called to my attention a scripture. And this translation of the scripture that he called to my mind is from the New International Version, which I had been reading. How is it to your credit for taking a beating for doing wrong and endure it? There was something I was doing wrong that was opening the door for the devil to attack me. Now, what was it? I knew immediately. I wanted to marry. The prayer group was praying for me to marry. My best friend was praying for me to marry. I was earnestly praying for me to marry. The only thing that we did wrong, we did not consider, is it the will of God for Joan to marry? The leader of the prayer group did mention it one time. She said, of course Joan will marry, unless it's not God's will, but of course it's God's will. Nobody that I know of ever prayed is this the will of God? We just wanted that. I wanted it. They wanted it for me. It's normal to want to marry. But I'd had something happen to me as a new Christian. I was taken into heaven in the night after I was born again, one day after I was born again. I was asleep and I was transported into heaven. And at that time, I knew I was with God. I knew I was with Christ. I knew I was with the Holy Spirit. I didn't see any physical images. It was strictly an experience in the Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, while God and the Holy Spirit witnessed. 
It was wonderful. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened again. Well, I believe what was happening on all this is I had a call of God on my life and I didn't know it. But later, it was very clear that I was called by God to do a work of God and somehow I believe it would have interfered if I had married. That's my personal opinion. So when I quit pursuing my own desire and began to pray, Thy will be done, those attacks stopped. The next thing I did was I went through all of the scriptures involved with the subject of being born again, receiving the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, everything in the book of Acts I studied. And I persuaded myself by study, and I think by leading of God, that tongues are for the church today. Now, I was never in a church that heavily emphasized it, but I was from that point on that they didn't forbid it. And I did go back and start going to the prayer group again. Concerning prayer, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14, 15. And this is the confidence that we have in God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It was strictly a special call of God was on my life, and I was not going to be marrying. One time I was dating a man, and I still had my business at the time, and it had large plate glass windows in the front of my business. I saw Bob coming down the sidewalk toward my shop, And I heard these words. You can have all the money you want, but you're not going to have this. And I thought it meant I wasn't going to marry Bob. I didn't know it meant I wasn't going to marry. Please don't be frightened by this. Most people do marry. This was an exceptional situation on my life. The second church that I attended was a church called Beverly Hills Baptist. From the prayer group, there was a woman named Barbara Christian that we really thought was really the most spiritual person in our prayer group. I mean, maybe we shouldn't have looked at it that way, but we weren't very mature at that point in time. She and I were very good friends. She decided to go to this church called Beverly Hills Baptist, and her husband went to whatever church she went to, And I followed them and went to that church. There was an iconic minister in charge of that church as a pastor. He was highly thought of, big reputation in the Baptist church circles. They had 3,000 members attending that church at any given time. At one point, I made an appointment to talk with this pastor. I shared with him some things that God had shown me of how all church members needed to hear from the Holy Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit. And I shared with him some things about it, and that pastor looked at me and said, 
a person would have to be a spiritual giant to do that. Well, I was very surprised because I had been taught by God this is a normal part of being a Christian, that we should all be hearing from God by the Spirit of God who is in us and following that which the Holy Spirit showed us to do. When we have a thought, where does it come from? Well, it can come from our own desire, obviously. Or it can come from a devil who's trying to destroy us. Or it can come from the Spirit of God who is showing us the will of God. If you will study 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you will see that the Spirit of God searches the heart of God to bring to us, to our mind, ideas from God which are the will of God. So in any given situation, we can know what God wants us to do because the Spirit of God will show us what God wants us to do. We're not like the world that stumbles around in the darkness trying to be wise in their own eyes, following this person and that person. We have the Spirit of God in us when we belong to God. Well, we'll look at two scriptures. We should prove it by scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Start at verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 9. But as is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. See, it was written that no man knows what God thinks about something, what's planned for them, what the heart of God shows. But that's the Old Testament, and Paul is saying, but God hath revealed these things to us by his Spirit, who lives in us. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, Paul says, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The elect of God, every one of the elect of God, have the Holy Spirit living inside them, to guide them into all truth, to teach them all things, to show them things to come, and to remind them of everything Jesus says. Those scriptures are John chapter 14, verse 26, John chapter 16, verse 13. We'll read those right now. Everything we do should be backed up with scripture. First, John 14 verse 26 Jesus says 
but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. When we encounter a problem and we don't know what to do, very often the Holy Spirit will bring to our memory a scripture. One day recently, I was bombarded with thoughts. What if this happens to you? What if that happens to you? I turned to God and I said, help me. And very clearly I heard in my mind, God will supply all your need. And I said, oh, that's right. If this happens, if this should happen to me, God will supply all my need. See, now that's how the Holy Spirit works. He brings to our mind Scripture. But he also brings to our mind things that we might choose to do instead of that which we are thinking of doing. In the year 2020, I was thinking of having the seats on my old 25-year-old car reupholstered and rebuilt because they'd worn out. So as I thought about that, I heard these words brought to my mind. Or you could just buy a new car. I thought about it. It's like you're hit with a bolt of lightning. Well, I could buy a new car. I had just sold a house in Texas, my house in Texas. The money was sitting in the bank. I could easily pay cash and buy a new car instead of having the seat reupholstered. And I knew that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. So which is the better way to go? Reupholster the 25-year-old car or buy a new car since you have the money to, to pay for it and plenty of money left over? That was the Holy Spirit, so I chose to buy a new car. By the way, I also had a confirming dream that night that I bought a new car. The next day, I bought a new car after the dream. So you might have multiple confirmations brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit to help you, but one thing you can know, you're not going to need that money in the future. I'm 83 years old, and I spent this money, this chunk of money, to buy a new car. I think that would be kind of a fearful thing to do at my age. Except I knew I'd heard from God, who knows the future. So I went forth with full assurance that I was doing the right thing. I knew I was. That's the way the Holy Spirit works. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God They are the sons of God. Now here's this iconic Baptist preacher in a 3,000-seat member church telling me that you'd have to be a spiritual giant to follow God this way. Yet I'm being told by God that all people who belong to God should follow God this way. All the church, the real church. Those who are the elect of God who have the Spirit of God living in them. Well, it turned out that Barbara Christian decided to change churches and I followed her and her husband to their new church and left this Beverly Hills Baptist Church. 
After I left there, their pastor became ill and ended up dying. And I met a woman who was a nurse attending to him at the hospital. And she told me that before he died, out of his mouth, just before he died, came the most vile, foul language she's ever heard. I personally believe devils were leaving his body at the time he died because they would leave at the time a person died or they'd be cast out before the person died. A Christian can definitely have a devil. I had three of them cast out of me when I was born again. After I was born again in the night, God allowed me to witness this. The Holy Spirit was in me and a devil was skipping along inside my chest cavity and ran into the Holy Spirit. And that devil tried to back up and hide behind one of my ribs. And the Holy Spirit said, I see you. You must go. You must go. You must go. And that devil tore out of me, and I had a choking sensation. It was a double-minded spirit because I heard the Holy Spirit identify it. And I had a lying spirit, and I had some other devil, but I did not hear the name of the third one. But all three were cast out of me that way in the night as I was sleeping. The Holy Spirit cast them out. So I know a born-again Christian can have a devil inside him or her. Now let's read another thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. John chapter 16, verse 13. We've just read John chapter 14, verse 26, where Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. I've always believed that that was all things, both secular things as well as spiritual things. And he will bring to your attention, to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. As we read the Bible, we have those scriptures that we read, and as needed, the Holy Spirit reminds us of those scriptures. Now, John chapter 16, verse 13, we're shown two more things the Holy Spirit does for us. Jesus says, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, of his own opinion, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So we see two more things the Holy Spirit does. But as a new Christian, I didn't know these things. I had never heard them taught at a church. But God was teaching me as I read the Bible. He was teaching me about the Holy Spirit and what he does. And I learned from God these things that I'm sharing with you. But they're in the Bible. I learned them from God through the Bible. So Barbara Christian and her husband have now left Beverly Hills Baptist Church. 
and I followed them to the next church that we went to, which was a church called Word of Faith. It was in Farmer's Branch, Texas, which was a little suburb north of Dallas. When we started attending that church, they met in an old warehouse, and we had about 200 people on any given day or night. When I left that church, there were 8,000 people, and they had a new church building, theater-style seats, full recording radio and TV studios built into the church. Robert Tilton was the pastor. I was there from approximately 1977 until 1982. I loved it. And I loved Robert Tilton. And I loved the people there. And I didn't see anything wrong. They were using scripture all the time. We were taught constantly to use scripture. There was just one problem. God was teaching me to pay attention to that brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit, and often it would be a scripture. He would call to my mind a scripture, and I would meditate in it day and night because I had read Joshua chapter 1 about meditating day and night, and if you did that, it enabled you to be able to do the scripture And then you would prosper and have good success in all that you did. And I certainly wanted to prosper and have good success in all that I did. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I believe that. Take a scripture that's given to you by the Holy Spirit and think about it day and night and keep it before you day and night for it will give you the power to actually do the scripture. At some point in time, you'll do that scripture. This is what I was shown by God. And then you're going to have good success in everything if you're following the scriptures brought by the Holy Spirit. Here's an example. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 came to my attention one time. And I kept it before me day and night, just like it says to do. Let's go over that scripture a minute. Now this is a scripture brought to my mind by the Holy Spirit reminding me of this scripture. I had read all of the New Testament Bible But one day the Holy Spirit reminded me of this scripture and I looked it up and found it in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I kept it before me day and night and thought about it. And when I would start to speak some secular saying, I backed off because it would not edify the church or the people. And I live by this scripture. About four days later, after I'd started keeping this scripture before me day and night and living by it, 
I was at my neighbor's house. It was during the presidential election when Mrs. Clinton was running against Donald Trump. I am very non-political. I'm not even registered to vote. I don't vote for anybody. I basically believe that you cannot be in those high positions without compromise. And I know this is deadly. I also know there is so much hatred in politics. You're taught to hate the other side, and I just don't believe you can do it. We are sort of on this earth more like Abraham. They considered their strangers and pilgrims on this earth. One time I was in France, and I thought, oh, it's so peaceful here. I was sitting on a park bench, and the people were walking past me, and they were talking, and it was so peaceful. And then the Holy Spirit called to my attention. They're speaking French, and you cannot understand what they're saying, and that's why it's so peaceful. <laughs> anyway, I was studying this scripture and living by this scripture, and I I had gone to my neighbor's house that night, and I was shocked because I wanted to say, and what do you think about the election? Oh, it was so powerful that my flesh wanted to say that. But I had been spending days doing this scripture and keeping it before me day and night. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. What is this going to happen if I say to my neighbors, what do you think about the election? I'm going to be loosing the gates of hell. But I wanted to say that. So my flesh is struggling against the Spirit of God. Several times I wanted to say that. Like Job, I almost put my hand over my mouth to keep from speaking. Finally, I got up and left to keep from saying that. You do what you have to do to follow Scripture. Now that is an example of the Holy Spirit bringing a Scripture to you and you meditating on it day and night. Psalm 1 tells us the same thing that Joshua 1, eight says, and I've been studying Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, in these scriptures. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I can just see this giant oak tree or cottonwood that's planted by a river of water. It's hard to blow that tree down because it's continually drinking from that river of water. We are continually drinking from those scriptures. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I saw both Joshua 1 and Psalm 1, and I was thinking about it constantly and keeping it before me day and night and doing it. So I'm attending Word of Faith, and we're finding Scripture and doing them. It fits me perfectly. There's one thing I didn't 
realize. I was focusing on the scriptures called to my attention by the Holy Spirit. We were being taught at Word of Faith that if we wanted something like a new pickup, Bob Tilton, I've heard him teach this many times, then find a scripture to stand on and claim that scripture and find a picture of that uh, pickup, Bob said, cut it out and put it on your refrigerator where you see it day and night and you will figure out some way to get that pickup. Now that's what I heard Bob teach. And I thought that's what I was doing, except I wasn't doing that, except in the case of wanting to marry. I had my scriptures on that, and I say, a nun shall want her mate. And I claimed it every day and prayed it every day to God and said, oh, now here it says, none shall want their mate, and I'm asking you for a husband. But there was just one thing missing. It wasn't the will of God for me to have the husband. So you have to pray according to the will of God. And if you're not getting a prayer answered, it's probably because of that. Now, sometimes you might have to pray several years. Like, I had a problem at a house in Clovis, New Mexico, where my mother and I lived. We had a real tiny kitchen. And I kept praying, God, what can I do about this small kitchen? And I, it was about four years. And every time I'd go in the kitchen and we would bump into each other, I would pray. What am I to do about this kitchen? One day I went into the kitchen and it was like a light going on. I realized what to do. I had a walk-in pantry in that kitchen. All I had to do was move the pantry to the adjacent garage and move the refrigerator to the where the place where the walk-in pantry was and that opened up the floor of the kitchen and we were no longer running into each other. But it was about four years before God sent me that idea. So you might have to wait on God after you pray. Or it might be that what you're praying is not according to the will of God. Most of the time, God answers. I found he answers prayers instantly. But I have had that experience where he did give me the information, but I had to wait on it. So I am at Word of Faith, and I think that they are doing the same thing I am doing, but it's not the same thing. One reason they got so many people to come to church is basically people want to be God. It's not that they want to turn to God. They want a way to be God. And Word of Faith was teaching you how to be God. And then when that doctrine of Copeland, the authority of believer, came in, we were being taught all good is from God, all bad is from the devil. If you know how to fight the devil, you can stop all bad things from happening to your family and yourself. That is taking the place of God. Instead of asking God what to do, we were being as gods, knowing good and evil, just like Eve wanted. Never once in the four or five years I was at Word of Faith did I ever hear anyone mention seeking the will of God. It was 
finding a scripture to stand on so we could get what we wanted. I'm sorry to say this, but it looks like God, but it isn't God. In fact, it's Antichrist. If you return to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it is man trying to be as God, and that's Antichrist. Today, I just can't imagine anything but turning to God and letting him rule in the situation because I would hate to be in charge. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says that this man of lawlessness, he sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And that is Antichrist. That's the whole purpose of Satan from the time of Eve, to get her to be as God, knowing good and evil, being wise in her own eyes. That's a terrible way to go. God brought me out of Word of Faith in 1982 by the poison gas dream, which he gave me. So this is three churches that God has brought me out of. First of all, Believer's Chapel, Beverly Hills Baptist, and Word of Faith. And this is over a period of time from approximately 1975 when I went to Believer's Chapel up through 1982 when God brought me out of Word of Faith. And the night he brought me out of Word of Faith, I had had the poison gas dream which showed me that a poison was coming from the speaker. It was killing the people. And I turned to the man sitting next to me in the dream, and he had a big smile on his face, and he was looking directly at the man speaking to the group. But then I saw he was a dead man. He was already a corpse. He was already dead. That was in 1979. In 1982, I attended a church service at Word of Faith on a Wednesday night. Bob Tilton, the pastor, was speaking to us. I looked at the man who was sitting next to me, and he was the dead man in the dream that I'd had in 1979. I was stunned. I looked at the other people in the congregation, and they looked to me like the dead people in the congregation of that dream. I got up and went immediately. I got up and left that service and went into the ladies' room and began praying. And I said, now, God, it looks to me like you're showing me to leave this church group. So I'm going to go out and get in my car and drive away. But if I'm wrong and you want me to come back, I'll turn around and come back. God didn't want me to come back. Later, one of the teachers at Word of Faith, our Bible teacher, He had left Word of Faith by that time, and I had left Word of Faith. And I said to him, I always thought I was like everyone here. I didn't know I was different from them. He said, John, you were never like the people at Word of Faith. They talk about faith, but you live faith. You were always different. God has a way to deliver us, to reach us, when we're going the wrong direction. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today. We will continue this on the podcast tomorrow.